You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello! This is the Slow Ride Podcast. Okay, that was too loud. Do it again. Do it again with like three-fourths that volume. You just like exploded Hi. all our speakers. Okay. Welcome to the ha- Slow Ride Podcast. Hello. This is the Slow Ride Podcast, a show about bikes, life, and cycling rumors. Or in short, a show focused on cycling Twitter. My name is Tim, and I'm in Gainesville, Florida. My name is Matt, and I'm in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I got the Wiggles. Spencer? Spencer, this, that's me. That's me. Okay, I'm on. Guys. Okay, hang on. Spencer's always a little behind us. This is Spencer. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm bringing you the most sensual cycling news that there is on the internet. The creepiest, How was that? The creepiest part about that, Spencer, was you actually winked at me when you did that. Or maybe it was a little guy. I can't tell, but... Um, yeah, it's hard to know with, the, with this three-screen thing going on. Here. So, uh... Well, guys, I mean, we, we have a lot of pressure. We have, we have a lot of pressure on us, okay? Um, we had the most listens in Slow Ride podcast history to the Adam Meyerson episode last week, and they're continuing to be downloaded. And now we have all these new people that want to listen to us for, I think, our Maybe. sage wisdom um, mm-hmm. and what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make it through this episode because next week, our 50th episode, we have an amazing special guest. The one, the only, Mo Bruno Roy. New England cyclocross royalty, national cyclocross yep. royalty, multi-time national champion, is joining us on the podcast. Her first podcast interview since announcing her big retirement. So that's two True. great interviews going on in three episodes. So make it through here, and then next week you're going to be like, wow. That's why I listen to that but show. But, yeah, you have to listen to this whole episode to get to the next one, though. That's how it works. Yes. Yeah, to to really appreciate how much talking the guests do, um, you know, and that reducing the amount of talking that we do, you know, like you're not going to really understand the volume. Um, I, I lost my train of thought. It, yeah, it's okay. This is what I'm talking about, yeah. though. This is this is what I mean. So, the, yeah. the, the gravity of this situation. Listen to all the way to the end, and then you'll get the special code that allows you to listen to the Mo Bruno Roy episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, but you got to right. get it's like the golden ticket. Get all their addresses for the Dakota ring, though, too. Yes, this is like Zelda. You need to solve the puzzle. So, yeah. as always, you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. We can also um, be reached on iTunes, Stitcher, and you can email us the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com. So, guys, this past weekend was my favorite bike race of the year. Oh, do tell. What was it? Milan San Remo. And oh. the reason it's so mm-hmm. awesome is that there's always crappy weather at the start. And then it always gets better when they start going down the coast and they go over the Tripressa and then the Poggio. And oh man, the, des- oh, the descent of the Poggio it. is my favorite thing in cycling because with Milan San Remo, there's always that will a breakaway make it? Will it be a bunch yeah. sprint? Will the favorite sprinters make it over the last climb? And it more often than not, it's a sprint. 
But every now and then, Fabian Cancellara comes out and just wins. It's great. Once. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Once he yeah, wants. Uh, yeah, it was a good addition, I thought. What, um, what impressed you guys about it? I thought I was on the edge of my seat, the same seat I'm on right now, um, the whole time. I, I really liked it, and I generally don't like these classics to go to the sprinters, but I thought this one was, was good. It was riveting stuff. Well, my favorite part about this race this year was that I actually finagled a crystal clear ad-free pirate feed. So I was able to watch the race and I never had to re-log out. I never had to do like my voodoo tricks. I didn't either. I didn't have to do my voodoo tricks to make it worse. I went to Steep Hill and I clicked on link one for Eurosport and it was great. Steep Hill, it's a little secret. Everyone else goes to cycling fans and Steep Hill, that's like, that's the indie rock of pirate. uh, Do you want want to know something, Tim? Yeah. I I went to cycling fans and I clicked on the first Eurosport and I also had complete (laughs) uninterrupted feed of Eurosport the whole time. So I think maybe just the Eurosport feed was just really primo Russian pirated stuff. Is there anything better than finding that crystal clear illegal pirate feed for a race? So with the racing, the actual exciting part to me was when the the crash happened with the the, um, Sky Riders and then there was this weird moment of are the the three Sky guys going to try to get across to the leaders? Um, It really made the, the racing exciting. And then Garen Thomas, of course, attacks out of the what became the lead group and end up getting, what, 20 seconds on the lead? And then you yeah. had Poggio. So much awesome. So much awesome. It was it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, Thomas going on the attack with Oz was exciting. Um, wasn't the, I don't think the attacks on the Poggio were super exciting, but got to give well, my hat off to Luca Polini for being yeah, that's, the ultimate I, teammate. He did so much work for Kristoff and came – within an inch of setting him up for a second victory in a row. So, Well, I think that that's the, that's the reason why none of the attacks on the, the Poggio really mattered, right? Yeah. Because Paolini was putting in so much work at the top there. I mean, he, he, was, he almost made the Poggio boring because of the, there wasn't an attack going because his tempo was so high. And I think that that was, yeah. that was pretty awesome. Um, I, my favorite part every year of Milan San Remo, well, one of my favorite parts, there's so many favorite parts is when the, the, <laughs> the, the motorbike at the back, as they're like fading off of like the, the sprinters that are then getting dropped. So mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, there goes Buhani, you know, or, or whatever. And, uh, it, it was great. Yeah, there's always some good, good shots of, uh, Cavendish and, and Christoph and all the other sprinters kind of lumped together at the back, all eyeing each other. Nobody wants to put in even that, like ounce extra effort to get over the climb one position farther up than they have to, you know, like, yeah. Well, am I the only one that when I see Paulini uh, driving on the front of the Peloton, I'm just like disappointed every single time I see him and he's not wearing the clown nose. Like, <laughs> cause that's all I can one. think about. It's all I can think about. I don't know. I that's just, good stuff. Yeah. I agree. I, that I don't know. The beard, the beard makes up for it. Although that that uh, arrow helmet that he has on, that's always cockeyed. It, it's it just... perfect with the clown nose. It, <laughs> they go hand in hand. I yeah. was um, I was secretly also hoping for the winner of that race to not be wearing an arrow helmet, and unfortunately, the giant alpaca team is uh, on uh, arrow helmets there. But you know, uh, it's he... a little sh- it's a little shameful. Like since they you know Alpecin is their sponsor. That they're wearing an arrow helmet, so you can't even see any of their hair. You think that they would try to get to like the hairnet of all things, so like oh, the hair could come of, out. Well, and you know what? 
Yeah. It is the greatest cycling sponsorship of all time with Marcel Kittle just being famous for the hair. It's such a good move. They they got yeah. in. They made a smart move there, those guys. Well, and then, of course, race winner John Degenkolb has that awesome mustache. So, you know, maybe he's adding a little caffeine creepy, shampoo awesome, to, to get that up. Creepy, off. awesome, whatever you I mean, want to call it. It's a little similar to when you have a mustache, Tim. It's definitely oh, yes. on the creepy, creepy side maybe of the that's skin. that's why you like it, yeah. Um, so a couple of other uh, notes that, that we've been bouncing across, the, the three of us uh, on email. Um, Spencer, we're sh- little guy and I were both sure that you got very excited for the, that, that brief moment when Peepo was on the front. This like that little that bit exciting? of time when like maybe people was gonna win. I, I you know I I was honestly thought the commentators were wrong. Like when they said he was on the front, I was like, oh, they just must they must just think he's <laughs> that's the go to Lamprey guy, you know. So yeah, but it was, and I was I was pretty excited. But he, you know he was on the front way too early, even in way even for people uh, ego standards. But um, no, yeah, did you hey, see where uh, he finished? No. Because I don't know, I don't know where he finished, but I think there's two other Lamprey riders in the top ten, but no people. I think someone no, is two other, no longer yeah. the team leader. Is the feeling? So, so here's the thing with people, though. The best thing was when he was on the front. Cycling Twitter blew up, and then my one of my favorite images of people in the World Championship jersey, but then instead of like like right there in the circle where they have like the cyclocross guy or the time champion, right the uh, the time trial champion, right in the middle of the stripes. Mm-hmm. It was like all the social media icons. So it's like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So he's the world champion of interneting. And it was like, mm. oh, man. So everyone wanted him. Um, another another thing that stuck out to us, little guy, was Cancellara. Yeah, off you know, the podium. Off the podium and almost not even visible the entire race. Like, Well, like he, I think that's a good thing, though. That's the way you need oh, yeah, to ride this race. I mean, look at all the guys. Look at Look at everyone at the front. Invisible. John, our buddy John, we know John, invisible. Didn't see him the whole race, didn't hear his name the whole race. Yep. Boom. I mean, really cool stuff there. And I think that the C- – Cancelar is really good at being invisible. It, it's – what is it? His first time that he hasn't been on a podium in years in the in a monument? In like 12, 12 – I think 12 monuments that he's ridden or something like that? That's pretty and he's impressive. Still, and he's still got seventh. Yeah. Like that's what's result. crazy. Oh, man, the yeah. Poggio Descent – the Poggio descent is so chaotic. Can you imagine me trying to ride my bike down that descent? You guys would be down at the bottom of it for like a good fifteen minutes oh, as nice. I'm coming around a tripod on every corner. We'd be at a cafe. Like, oh, have our drinks. Those little stone walls that those guys could just easily go off. And then my favorite part of the driveways that are up there, I would be afraid just backing out of my driveway in a car going down that thing. I don't think crazy. you back out if you live on that road. I think that is a bad idea. I think you come out, <laughs> you you come in, you have like a little turnaround or something in your your garage or driveway because I don't think you back out on that road. Oh, and then um, of course, what most people want to uh, talk about when they think of Milan San Remo, they think about um, you know, everyone talks about first place, but we're doing our part to make sixteenth place the most important finish of any major race. And we had almost 70 entries in our hashtag 16th place contest. We had all over the board. Lars Boom was the most popular pick with six people choosing Lars Boom. We had multiple people uh, choosing Heinrich Hausler. Good lots of people picking. Lots of people picking Pizzato. You know, we had a lot of uh, um, 
who's the other big one? Sylvain Chavanel, Johan Ofredo. Uh, everyone following little it. guy's lead there. I wanted it. And, little guy's know, lead. I picked him. Man. Come Did on. you pick him for six? And then I, I picked him at head Vogue, and you could well, just jumped on my totally train. Totally different thing. And, and let's guess. not forget. Let's not forget about Edward Edvald Balson Hagen had a lot of picks as well. Oh, but, it's like the biscuits. You say it like the biscuits. You know, and and here's the issue: is that I was a little worried when we were going through the results, and no one had these, but we had someone nail it. Sixteenth nope. place was actually correctly picked, and we even had two people choose fifteenth place, Tim Wellens. So. Not only did the 15th place guy easily could have sat up and won some awesome Buckler Embrocation, Buckler skincare products, um, but no, he had to go for 15th place. And then, of course, we had Baron Von Giesen on Twitter who chose Grega Bole of CCC Pulset. What, a, what an awesome thing. And, you know, for that, Baron Von Giesen gets a nice uh, Buckler skincare uh, prize pack. What Baron, else could be better? Barons probably already have everything they need. Can't believe he has to have more. <laughs> so now that listeners of the podcast and friends of ours on Twitter are actually choosing their pick for 16th place, and it's become the fourth most important position at the at the finish of all these major races. First, second, third, 16th. It's like a super wide podium. And now these racers are actually doing all they can to get 16th place. It's the best thing ever. A weird lopsided podium, but it is. Yeah, yeah. You just skip a whole bunch in the middle there, but yeah. uh, it is pretty important. And we do we do have some confirmation from the actual European peloton that uh, they they are starting to care about our contest here. Um, we have uh, we have riders from Europe Car and Top Sport uh, choosing their predictions for 16th place. All of them chose Pipo Pizzato. Uh, Which was a little strange, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the biggest name we had actually tweeting at us was uh, uh, former Peru Bay fourth place finisher Gregory Rask from Track Trek Factory Racing. Um, you know, tweeting at us saying he, he tried for 16th. He couldn't get it when he realized he couldn't do it. Uh, he went for 61st, and that's where he finished, uh, you know, kind of reversing oh. the numbers there. So What a great uh, pretty, pallet pretty, You know, shows uh, some clever racing there from the big man uh, from Switzerland. And six, 16th place was, was nailed, as we mentioned earlier. And Greg yeah. Bollet. First even, time in history we've had even, <laughs> one of our listeners nail, the, nail it exactly. He even favored in history. He even favorited our congratulatory tweet. Now he may not have understood what was going on there. I'm but man, sure he knows. Yeah, he probably did. So, so little guy, a little English maybe. Yeah. Little guy, did you do a little bit of history on uh, this uh, Extastana man that is now racing for Triple C Pulsat with my buddy uh, David Rabelin? Rabelin, my buddy. Don't you try to take Rabelin from me. You can have Schumacher. <laughs> um, no, but I just, I remember a couple of years ago, one or two years ago where he, um, he was on Astana and he like, he won the national championship and they gave him the wrong kit. They, Astana just kind of like, whatever, you know, all what the country, all, what country is he from? Little guy? I don't know what country he's from. <laughs> I wanted to say Slovakia and now I sound like Astana and now I am a, I'm, I'm part he's, of the problem. He's Slovenia. It's like I have, he's Slovenian. So they gave him like the wrong kit. Inner Ring did a good thing on it. Go search the Inner Ring and find it because I obviously can't tell you anything about it. But anyway, 
at least the his employer, the team he races for, should know what country he's from. I'm not under quite so, the same obligation, maybe. I mean, we are maybe. known as the most trusted news so source. So what team was this little guy? <laughs> I thought it was when he was on Astana. It was Lamprey. I, I don't Crap. see him I on Astana here on the list. Yeah. falling apart. He was on Lamprey, then Vacan Soleil, and then the Vini, Vini Fantini Nepo. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> guys, don't worry. No one's listening to this podcast for actual news, except Adam That's Meyerson, true. who was on last week and said he actually learned stuff on our podcast. So I'll, who knows? I'll find Which, the Inner Ring article because that guy, he has facts. He gets all the facts right. Um, and I'll yeah. just link to that. We just. And- we just interpret those facts and spit them back out as kind of hyperbole. Yeah, like two years later with all the wrong, the wrong bits and, and bits and bops. So, yeah, so for those of you that are listening and you want to partake in the next 16th place contest, we have an, uh, a great prize pack coming to us. We'll announce it next week on the Mo Bruno Roy special episode who that uh, prize pack sponsor is. But it's definitely going to be something that you want to participate in. And because of that, you know, it's going to be at Tour de Flanders, the next big monument of cycling. Now, there's some racing going on before then, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But we really want to thank Buckler Skincare for sponsoring the 16th Place Contest and then also sponsoring the podcast all the way through the month of April. Buckler yeah. Skincare makes fantastic chamois cream. They make great embrocation, and they make Spencer's favorite leg gloss so he can be like Pipo Pizzato with the shiny mm-hmm. legs. Pizzato can be like me. That's a stretch. Yeah, oh, maybe. Well, what pla- wait, what right. place did he get? Maybe he's already doing an impersonation of you. <laughs> well, he was. He, if he finished, he's doing a little bit better job. And uh, um, yeah, he's doing forty first. He got forty nice. first. So there's there's Buckler skincare products. You go to bucklerskincare.com. You can choose between it. My favorite is the chamois cream. It's fantastic. It's got that nice menthol flavor, if you will. And the embrocation is also great if you live everywhere except Florida. Well, Tim, when I got mine, I got the non-warming embryo just for the just for the leg sheen and a little bit of blood flow. You know, it's it's good stuff. I mean, you should consider that. A little bit of blood flow. Explore, explore your options. Um, but yeah, so with the embrocation, come on. Anyway, the point of the story is if you go to bucklerskincare.com, you look through what they have for options, fill up your basket, hit checkout, but before you do – Put in mm-hmm. slow ride in the coupon code, and you're going to get a nice fat discount. And we're going to get a very small kickback from that. I'm not going to lie to you. We get a small kickback, <laughs> and it's the only kickback we've ever gotten in our entire career as podcasters. So we're super excited about it. It helps us do our thing. I, I'm pretty sure this makes us pro. Um, you know, like yeah. almost like pro bike racers, the amount it's of money like, we're getting this out is of like this. Elite Cat 3 podcasting right so, here. You can make yeah. our dream real. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Vibe Podcast. Ain't no rookies in here. Uh, Next week, once again, Mo Bruno Roy is coming on for episode 50. We're really excited about that. But guys, let's talk uh, briefly um, kind of this potpourri section. Racing is still happening in the professional peloton. Um, it didn't happen here in the United States because the first national criterium calendar race was canceled down in Tampa, but we do have the Volta, um, Cataluna going on. And, uh, 
pretty exciting yeah. thing. The real hard man won that one, little guy. Yeah, he uh, raced to 22nd yesterday uh, from CCC Sprandi. Oh, I'm Wait, what do you mean yesterday? What, what was yesterday? Yesterday, okay. Uh, Milan San Remo. Oh, so he raced Milan San Remo. Raced Milan San Remo. Seven and a half hours. At 22nd place, finished in the first group right behind Love of My Life, Michele Scarponi. Uh, Makaji <laughs> Paderski. Man, I messed it up. He's Polish. He's on CCC Sprotty. And he won today. Won the first stage in the break all day with the uh, clerk and uh, Pierre Roland. And he uh, took it in the sprint, took the leader's jersey. And that's, that's some serious business, man. So, so what are the odds is- that he's going to finish? So... <laughs> I mean, what's the so, odds that he can hold onto the jersey? It's gonna. So it makes it a great race, though. In a twenty-four hour period, how many hours was he on his bike? That's insane. I don't know how long today in Kaluni, but it was like it was like almost seven yesterday. So probably yeah. about twelve. It had to hours. be like four four hours. Yeah, like yeah, four or five Jesus. hours. Jesus, he could use. That's a man we should send some bucklers. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. He's got a win and a twenty and a. Finishing in the first group, twenty uh, second yeah. in a monument in 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 one day. That's that's a good that's a good twenty four hour span. That is so. that is pretty good. Oh man, that's some uh, that's some alien like powers right there. That is really really good. Extraterrestrial, you might say. So, oh, Gilberto Simone. Now, now we're starting Go. to throw a little. <laughs> now we're getting a little accusation. We are we are getting a little. We're getting hey, uh, the weeds. We don't know whose roommate is. I don't know his roommate could, is. Could, hey, either way, I give this guy credit. This is awesome. This is this yeah. is good. He had a great ride. And yeah, he's got the leader's jersey. And I'm just excited because I wasn't looking forward to another short stage race where I had to look at Froome or Contador or any of the yeah. favorites. I, I'm i interested in, in them throwing a wrench in it and having these other guys go in the break, get a bunch of time. They got a couple minutes on the pre-race favorites. It's going to make for an interesting Race a week, race a weekend, race a and weekend, then, race of week, week of racing. Wow. Okay, little guy's having a stroke, so maybe Tim, you want to jump in here? He did have a head. Did well, he did have know. a head. He did have a head injury last week. So this gets last us week, to our. Though. Let's get to this next thing. Um, and then E three is next weekend. Um, Friday. Friday. The big racing in the United States coming up is the Sunny King Criterium in Anniston, Alabama. Um, so that will be the start of the NCC. Uh, it is a fairly prestigious because it actually happens. Um, race promoters are not putting it on and then canceling. One of my biggest frustrations lately is race promoters that announce a race and then don't put it on, um, and get it on the calendar. So people actually put a lot of effort to get there. Obviously Tampa being the most recent, but we have our own experience of wanting to put on events. But we just call them Event X and never even put them on the calendar. So when they were canceled, people didn't even know about it. True. So um, why yeah. do these races? Because uh, you know there was that what is it the the UCI road race they were going to put on in Portland, Oregon this past year, and then they announced like, oh, that got canceled because we didn't have a sponsor. Well, it's like why'd you put it on the calendar if you didn't have a sponsor? Yeah, this uh, is uh, this is some pretty like amateur level like. Minnesota cycling <laughs> racing style, you yeah. know, like, oh, I, I need to reserve this date so nobody else takes it, but I'm not sure if I can actually pull this off. You got to get um, the date, man. You got to get you, the you date. You kind of expect at the national level that that kind of drops off, but apparently not. I don't no, know. Not at all. I Speaking of that, I haven't looked at the MCF calendar in about a month. I'm pretty sure the season's probably been canceled. 
Um, I should well, probably take a peek at that. And just you're you probably in better shape than Boston because Jesus Christ, everything's getting canceled here. There's hey, you still know, like you eight feet of you snow. Have roads. Well, um, little guy, little guy, you brought up your, uh, um, or I brought up how you asked Adam Myerson for training for the upcoming Minnesota cycle, uh, cycling season. We got a nice yeah. uh, iTunes review from at Iron Chef Minneapolis, and he said, "The Citizen Kane of amateur cycling podcasts." Culture, history, and sabermetric-esque analysis of 16th mm-hmm. place. Loved yep. little guy's interval questions from Adam Meyerson. Well, so I, that I was tried. a nice – yeah. So so you got to keep that up. Your season is right around the corner. Hopefully yep. it doesn't get canceled. Um, some other things that actually came up that we wanted to talk about this week is watching Milan San Remo, you always get to see the full fashion statements, the crappy weather, see who's wearing what, and mm-hmm. the raincoats. Yeah, the rain jackets. Yeah, what's up with that? There's a rule that they have to either look like the team kit or be see-through. Wait. And then every year they're all black. It's terrible. Are you sure it's... that's the rule? Is the rule not they have to wear a Castelli jacket that's black? That's not the rule. <laughs> you you would think that is the rule, but it's not. Hmm. You know, no, I there I'm are a few this, teams. I couldn't believe that... it. There are a few teams yeah. that have actually branded their raincoats because they have sponsors that want to be seen. The movie it's star true. team is one. Like they're wearing a full raincoat with their logos all over it. So you would think that other teams would do this. But the so there's only one problem with that is that so they're already black basically, and so they get they have a, a properly branded uh, mm-hmm. coat, and if nobody else does, everybody else just well, wears like- black. And then it's, the, it's uh, black. The, whole the MTN Quebec team pulled out the silver ones, and they silk screened a little tiny logo on the breast, uh, which I don't yeah. see how that really helped anybody. But uh, you know, it's not see through. Yeah, but at least it wasn't black. One, I don't understand why the UCI can't enforce this. Um, and two, uh, I don't understand why the teams don't want to have a jacket that I think. I think we all sponsor. know. I think we can answer this really easily. Um, knowing, bad. knowing what I, I, and I would never, you know, accuse the the UCI of any sort of illicit activity, but uh, potentially maybe some large checks have been written, some donations have been made in in Castelli's name to some sort of foundation somewhere. Um, you know, a, centri- you see a, where centrifuge, I'm a centrifuge machine where um, where they look the other way. They are mm-hmm. known for ethics, um, mm-hmm. and. So there's the raincoats, which I don't get. I mean, we we all agree. This is hard to watch, but you're like, at least put the, the logos on so you can kind of tell. But let's, ta- yeah. let's talk about the, the other rule that they're, they're actually enforcing this year, which is kind of disappointing. It's my favorite part of uh, watching the Tour de France. And it's the old derailleur adjustment at 40 miles yeah. an hour uh, going down the side of a mountain when a mechanic has his – Fingers and his nose inches away from getting chopped off in the rear wheel as they're doing, uh, you know, the old mechanic hanging out the window trick. Yeah, it's sad that that one's gone, but it it does make sense. It never seemed like a really good, safe move, but it was the fastest way to make it back after mechanical is to have your rear brake worked on. And I've never understood because rear brakes are always rubbing, you know? They're always rubbing, and I've never had that problem, but maybe that's a pro thing. So, well, so you remember, the, you, you can hearken back to episode 35 when we talked to Matt Roy 
And okay. he uh, he did say that those brakes are always rubbing, and you do need to be leaning out, um, taking care of that whenever you know after wheel changes, those brakes they just get out of alignment. It's weird because you'd think because they have all the same wheels, it's not like no. So I understand why my rear wheel rubs when I get a flat <laughs> at a cross race, and I I switch from a GP4 to uh, an Open Pro. Um, different width rims, different decades, um, different, different levels of lines. out of trueness. Yeah, exactly. I understand why then I have to loosen the brake a little bit and work with the adjuster there. But if you have all the same wheels in there, hypothetically true, um, it just seems weird to me. I well, also haven't let's... touched my rear brake on my road bike for like five years. It's um, I, I'm pretty sure they've made brakes simple enough that you can adjust them yourself while you're riding just so they won't rub um, unless you're pro. Maybe all the pros are like you, Tim. They've never worked on their bike in their life. Well, I think uh, I think what it comes down to is that uh, you know everything's getting more technical, everything's getting more complicated. You know, the electronic shifting, the the disc brakes are starting to come into the scene here. Um, you know, everything. You know, there's all kinds of technology the UCI just doesn't understand, and they need to, you know, just back off. They just need to nip it in the bud. Um, you know, before people start putting motors in their bikes. Well, yeah, they might start just putting the mechanical lean out. He'll put the motor in. He'll he'll put a chip in and chip it, boost the turbo a little bit. Maybe, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of up the injection timing a little bit. Well, I that's think that's cool. How many bikes did they check? They grabbed right after the finish line about 20 to, 20 to 30 bikes. Um, I heard they grabbed 11 of the Trek team bikes and then uh, about the same amount from uh, uh, specialized bikes I I assume Wait, quick they grabbed 11, so they grabbed all the bikes that were actually being ridden and then a bunch off the team car, too? So mm-hmm. in case they yeah. changed them? Oh, wow. So, yeah, those, they grabbed Quickstep, they grabbed Tinkoff. So, yep. that's, yeah. that, I mean, it's exciting that they're checking, and that's like what we... But, so, so that means like, that there's actually the, the technology? Be, all the things they could be checking in cycling, that's what they're checking. <laughs> well, they're really probably worried about it. They're probably they're doing like what's... It's probably like what – remember the Minneapolis cops every spring and they used to crack down on people riding Nicolette Mall for like mm-hmm. 24 hours? Like it was like a, mm-hmm. a one-day sweep and everyone got a yep. ticket unless you had the awesome messenger pass. And then yep. what you would do is two days later, everyone was back out there, but they kind of just did it. So like, oh, look, we're x-raying bikes. So now you know, people yeah. aren't going to bring this bike. But the, the question is, so, does so this technology – Are we scaring the pro cyclists away from using uh, – the no motors and bikes that they've been using for so long? Is that what well, we're trying to say? I, I, well, I think, think, I think what we're doing... The motors? Or the I feel cubes? like... I feel, okay, I feel like this is a European thing because e-bikes are really popular over there and, like, you know, on the commuter bikes and all that, but, like... And the, and I could see where the UCI can pick up on this and, like, read it in the newspaper. Oh, e-bikes are kind of popular. But I feel like they've never actually went and looked at one and seen how ginormous those batteries <laughs> are and, like, yeah. how... Um, like how much more they weigh and uh, that it would be completely no. insane to put that in a bicycle. What are those putting out though? Like if even if you had like a little motor in your bike and you got three extra watts, three extra watts on a climb, you know how much Contador weighs and you know that you weigh all, exactly the all same All you amount. need, all you need is a little rubbing back brake and you're good to go. Well, see, the, the, the most important thing here, Spencer, is you're absolutely right, is that that battery is really big. Have you noticed that these guys are wearing black raincoats all the time so mm-hmm. that you can't see that what's in their rear pockets? Yeah. 
It's like that that time of the debate where Bush had the weird bump in his back because he had the radio on him or whatever, and they're controlling him from the from the tower. Oh, news desk. Breaking news: Bjarni Reese has been suspended by uh, Oleg Tinkov. Surprising move from the Russian oligarch. Wow, guys, surprising! That was crazy. Whoa, whoa, oh, that, that was shocking, shocking news, breaking news there. News. The news uh, desk is. Is it really that shocking, though? No, Tinkoff seems like a terrible person, um, and so is Bjarni Reese. So together, is... no, I'm not surprised, but I also think that Tinkoff, he's just trying to make his team worse and worse incrementally, and he's just going to fire everybody and get mad at everybody. He called out Breschel. What did Breschel get? Like twelfth place? Yeah, what an idiot! That guy's a well, so, moron. So, so here's the thing with Tinkoff: he's making yeah, cycling exciting. Because yeah, he's, he's practically going bankrupt because he's losing, he's lost billions of dollars with this. Well, uh, that's Putin's fault. That's not his fault. That's yes. Putin's fault. Okay, thank you. And then he's got, you know, I hope that he is soon the one behind the wheel in the oh, lead gosh. car at the Tour de France. Like, I want him to become the coach. That would be the greatest thing ever. Like, yeah, if he was so out there and he's like, attack all the time, and there was just no rhyme or reason. Mr. 60% Bjarni Reis knew his stuff. Yeah, uh, and then did you see that one of the major uh, disagreements was that Bjarni Reese wanted them all to go to Kilimanjaro to do the uh, the team building exercise, and Tinkoff wasn't into it. Well, that cost a lot of money, I'm sure, and that was right as the ruble was tanking, so I'm sure he wasn't super pumped about that. But I, he just he he's not going to make the team better by firing people that know things about cycling and just yelling at everybody. Is Tinkoff is the is he uh, the Donald Trump? And Saxo Cycling is his presidential election. Is that what's going on here? I guess so. <laughs> Maybe. I, I was thinking I like the more when someone said he's the George Steinbrenner of cycling, just basically firing yeah. everybody and getting involved. But but I see where you're going. Way he is kind involved. of got a, way too involved, and that's what's great. Um, but I always forget about Tinkoff's first attempt to be the professional cycling uh, team owner. How do you when forget? He, when because he signed he was, Tyler he Hamilton. Tyler Hamilton. You don't forget. Don't, don't try know, to be but, modest. You probably think about that every night. But, like, seriously, that was uh, you know, that that was the writing on the wall that, that he's always <laughs> wanted to be the guy. Like, he always wanted to be the guy pulling the strings. And now he's got Contador. Yeah. He's got old Birdie. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's got Peter Sagan. The way he's thinking is, like, these are the two guys, and we're going to do all it can. Think of the pressure. Are we really going to be surprised if the one of those guys gets popped? I mean, the pressure that he must be putting on this team is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's just not going to do anything good for him, though. It's not doing anything good for Sagan. Oh, what was up with Sagan? He didn't even like at Milan San Remo. I thought that he would have like maybe had a chance to win. Well, he oh, was wait. there. I mean, I he was he was there in the sprint. I mean, that's a pretty you know. good chance. I don't know. He's not riding poorly, but he's not riding with that same uh, confidence Gusto? that he had a couple Sagan, years ago. Yes, Sagan of a couple years ago, he would have kept that attack going from about a K and a half out that he kind of got off yeah. the front, tickled off the front a little bit there. Yeah. He should have yeah. just put his head it's down sad. and gone I, for it. It would have been more exciting. Yeah. I like seeing him attack with reckless abandon for no reason. You know, like he's he's getting too smart. For his own good and, and going probably, for like probably maybe too smart, but probably he was thinking in the back of his mind. He was like, "Man, oh, 
Tinkoff's going to kill me. If I go if I go clear with 2K to go and I get 20th place, he's going to kill me. <laughs> so he sat up and he got fourth, and then he could be like, oh, man, it's not my fault that uh, Matthew's cut me off. You if he would have sat him. up and got 16th, then Tinkoff would at least have that. Mm, <laughs> that's know, true. Things would have been a little bit better. So, yeah, it's cold in Russia. Uh, one of the things that came across the Twitter feed uh, you may have noticed is George Hincapie on a fat bike. Um, that yep. was a little uh, – I don't. I don't know if it was disappointing or inspiring. Um, kind of polar opposites sure there. The circle wasn't broken. Just kind of yeah, all. I mean, it's all come around now. Full circle. The loyal, the loyal lieutenant on the the fat bike. So Dude, maybe so, he's gearing so, up. When's his band done so he can go to fat bike uh, national championships? The band's done he, already, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that slap on the wrist is over. Cause yeah, I'm wondering because like the other the, the man not to be named Lance Armstrong. Uh, did meet with USADA last week, and uh, I used to name him right away. <laughs> well, you know, the um, thing I don't want to say, I'll say he, it now. Well, I don't care if I say it. Other people are like I hate when people are like I don't want to talk about Lance Armstrong. It's like why that dude ruined cycling, um, and he's trying to get his ban reduced. And I'm wondering if it is for Fat Bike Nationals. Probably why he's coming back. I mean, he's he's probably trolling the internet just like us. You know, he's kind of well known for trolling Twitter and uh, keeping keeping his finger on the pulse. He probably saw Arnold Schwarzenegger on a fat bike. Shortly thereafter, he saw Drake on the fat bike, and then he saw his buddy George on there, and he was like, "Okay, I got to get in on this." Oh, and, and then when he's he saw trying Nibali? to cash in the chips, yeah, when he saw yellow an actual yellow jersey winner Nabali on the fat mm-hmm. bike, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um. And then, guys, I, you know, speaking of fat bikes and their popular podcast, Fat Bike Radio, you know, it was it was a lot of pride, and we'd like to thank all our listeners for making us for maybe a ten hour period the top of the iTunes amateur podcast charts with that Adam Myers yeah. one. It was great. We got a screen capture, but now we're back down to number eighty. And so, it always helps if you subscribe or if you leave us a great review. We got another awesome review this past week. Um, from the horse shack test, bike racing, storytelling, complete with victims, villains, and heroes. And that's just the host tales. Also, I thought I knew how to pronounce Sven Tuft's name, but now I'm not so sure after I heard super rookie say it his way. And, uh, so once again, thanks for, uh, you know, my job is hard guys. I'm getting lots of people want me to say words that I just, I'm not very good at it. Um, <laughs> Lots of people want me to say words. I just cut that out. And have that. So, so a lot of people come to our ex for our expert opinion. Several dozen people. Yeah. So okay. several, well. several, several dozen people come for our expert opinions, and I, I think we should just do a quick hot take on uh, this recent controversy that developed down here in Florida when Adam Meyerson's Astellas Pro Cycling Team was in the Tampa area. Of course, that crit got canceled, so they went to the local crit the following day on Sunday and Meyerson's team brought 12 guys and they did not win. And the, the winner was a recently reinstated um, racer out of Miami that had to serve a two year ban for uh, some kind of doping violation. He won. And of course people were like, Hey, congratulating this amateur for beating a pro team senseless. And is there is there any way a pro team can win with twelve guys at a local crit like that, or are they expected no. to win and just to destroy everybody? I think they're expected to win, and then everyone will be mad, and then if they lose, everyone will be an asshole, and and then it's perfect no matter what. 
obviously. So it's well, a sweet catch twenty two. It is. They should yeah. have taken spots one through twelve is what they really should have done, right? <laughs> well And they probably could pro, have That's... so they're magic, right? They could do that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a bummer because they're not pro anymore because they got beat by non-pros, so they had to give in their pro licenses, right? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Once again, a quick, friendly reminder. Listen next week because we're going to have U.S. Cyclocross royalty, Mo Bruno Roy, one of the most successful racers in U.S. Cyclocross history, is going to be joining us, talking about retirement, what's next for her. Um, that will be also our 50th episode. We'll also announce our next sponsor for the 16th place contest that will be at the Tour de Flanders. And as always, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Slow Ride. Leave us a review. Um, tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. And you can email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. I can be found personally on Twitter at the Super Rookie. I can be found, I'm Matt, at Little Guy Matt on Twitter. And I can be found at Spencer Howe, H-A-U-G-H, on Twitter. And thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well done. Thanks, Spencer. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com. And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.